0: Hi folks, and welcome back to Typically Hazardous. This is Hank Fordner, and I'm excited to be with you. We are right now starting a multi-part series of which I will tell you how many they are as they come out. Every day, between now and Christmas, or almost every day, I'm going to be releasing a Christmas adventure. So this is Adventures in Christmas Part 1. And man, I'm excited. If we don't know each other... Christmas, to me, is the best thing in the whole world. It is the best thing on the planet. I mean, of course, my children and my wife and family and eating and air, all those things are important, but Christmas is the best time of any year. I've said for years that if Christmas was a country, I would be its patriot. I love Christmas. I love the time. I love the smells. I love the season. I love the way people are. I love the silly Christmas hats people wear. I love the parties. All of it, Christmas is so amazing for me. Now, I also love candy canes, sugar, Christmas trees, the smell of pine. Oh, the smell of pine. Like, I have friends who have fake Christmas trees. And there's no judgment there on fake Christmas trees. If you have a fake Christmas tree, I'm glad you have a tree. But the smell of a tree as it dies in your living room is just, is just breathtaking. I, I love it. Now, for me, Christmas has always been this kind of exciting, nostalgic sounds of Christmas, the big things of Christmas. And what I want to do throughout this Adventures in Christmas mini-series is talk about all the elements and all the factors that go into Christmas. And today, I would like to talk to you about Santa and them. Dad. I know him! I know him! So I would like to talk to you about the things of Christmas, the elements of Christmas, and what we can learn from, take from, see, hear, and experience from them. For some of you, I just wanna take a pause, because some of you, Christmas may be something that for you doesn't come with it smiles and joy and cheer and boughs of holly. For some of you, Christmas might be just a time and a place that sucks. The holidays may be complex for you and the holidays may be complicated for you. And so if you're listening, I want you to know that around part three or four, we are going to talk about the complexity of Christmas and sometimes how holidays are nasty. So I want to talk, I want you to know, you stick with us, and we're gonna be talking to you about that. But really, for this one, it's gonna be cheer, and it's gonna be the rosy-cheeked fat man named Santa. Now, with all of these things, as we kind of dive into this stuff, we've gotta got give homage to the Catholics. We owe all of Christmas to the Catholics. So if you're Catholic, or you're Jewish, or you're not a Catholic, or you're agnostic, or you're atheist, tip your hats to the Catholics if you have any enjoyment of Christmas. If you have children and they enjoy Christmas, you got to give it to the Catholics, and we'll figure that out a little later. But what I want to talk about right now is Santa Claus. I grew up with a mother who believed that Santa Claus was like an I might overstate this a little, an evil representation of Christmas, a hijacking of Christmas from the true story, which is that Jesus came to this planet. Now, my mom didn't let us believe in Santa. She never told us about Santa. We would see Santa, and she would say, no, she didn't like even the phrase when people would type Xmas. She didn't like that because it took the word Christ out of Christmas. I mean, she was very, she, she came to her own personal faith In Jesus, around in her 20s. So there's a lot of zealous faith there when a person comes to faith in Jesus later in life when they already have children. So for her, she was very against believing in Santa Claus. So as a kid, I knew that Santa didn't exist. So I was just not interested in Santa being a part of my life. And when I would see kids who were also six or seven or eight years old who believed in Santa, I would have this giggle like, what do you think that is, man? Like, that's not even metaphysically possible that he could accomplish what you think he could accomplish. So I was that kid who would just let people know that Santa was not real. Well, I've always said for years that I am not going to do Santa. I'm not going to be a part of the Santa experience. I'm not going to do that. But then, now I have two children. And I've told my friends for years, I'm not going to teach my kids about Santa. I'm not going to tell them about Santa, but my daughter, Cora, is three and a half years old, and she is obsessed with this British cartoon that's a five-minute episode. It's called Peppa Pig. If you need a cartoon for your kid, you can give them Peppa, but fair warning, it's highly addictive, and she will start talking with a British accent, which my daughter does. She has a British accent, not with all of her words, but with some things, and she says things like, oh, it's just going to take ages, and (laughs) things that come through from this commercial. Well, she saw this commercial, or saw this show, and there was an episode where Father Christmas comes to the house, and she comes to me later, I didn't know this, comes to me and says, Dad, I need you to fix my crib. It's like, why? She said, I need you to take the bars down so that I can get out. Why? I said, she said, because when Father Christmas comes on Christmas Day, I need to come up and see him. And I need to give him a hug and thank him for the presents. And I was like, oh, no. And the, like the look on her face with Santa was, I, I just didn't have the heart. I, I, I buckled. I physically buckled and couldn't just look at her and say, well, Santa isn't real, which is what I have said that I was going to say all my life. But the factor here is that I actually had a crisis about whether or not I believed in Santa or that I would let my kid believe in Santa. Because I was afraid that I would tell my kid about Santa. They would find out that Santa wasn't real. And then if I was gonna tell my kid about God or have a spiritual conversation with my kid about faith or spirituality, something that's much less visibly celebrated, that you can't go visit God at a shopping mall in December. So how is she gonna believe that if I told her all these years that Santa was real? How is she gonna believe that God is real? when there's not even as many physical representations of him, you can't sit on his lap and ask him for things. So that was my crisis. So I have a friend named Beth, and Beth has been married to my best friend for the last 10 years. I've known him for 10 years. We've been best friends, and he's, she's his wife. And we have argued about this for a really long time because she's very passionate about Santa being an important magical experience for kids. So I had a moment the other day We were watching a movie together. We do it once a year. We watch Christmas Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Maybe you'll remember it from this line right here.
1: Can I refill your eggnog for you? Get you something to eat? Drive you out to the middle of nowhere? Leave
0: you for dead? No, I'm doing just fine, Clark. And so we were together in the living room, and I said, Beth, I'm going to record an interview with you because I have to acknowledge something. We are doing Santa Claus in this house. And she was very excited, and so this is... A bit of my conversation with her. Check it out. Okay, uh, so here we are with Beth Mugford. Beth, welcome to the yeah. Typically Hazardous Podcast. Thanks. We're we're um bringing. We're sitting around having our 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 annual uh-huh. uh screening of the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which we do. Every year, so we're here in the living room with your husband Matt, with mm-hmm. my wife Sue Ann, Nash, Cora. We're all here together. Here we are. And an interesting conversation has come up over the years with us. Yes. About Santa Claus. <laughs> so I, since I'm, I'm having lots of, I'm having a crisis about Santa. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Santa. Uh-huh. I was very outspoken. You were shamefully now mm-hmm. about how I would never teach my kids about Santa. What, what, did you, you had thoughts for me about what that was like? <laughs> Can you tell me why you were so against me? I would I would literally walk up to kids and be like, "Santa is not real."
1: Well, that's mean. It's
0: mean, but yeah. but uh, I was justified, or I felt like I was mm-hmm. I was being righteous as a person. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me why you had feelings about me being against um, Santa?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I I grew up as a believer in that in Mister Claus and oh, believer. Uh, a believer
0: you have been a believer in, in Mr. Claus In Mr.
1: Claus and I it I have like some of the most magical vivid amazing memories of Christmas um, that as an adult now I realize it was surrounded around my family but at the time it was surrounded around Santa Claus and him Coming to our house, he was going to show up. He was going to so show that, up.
0: So Santa kind of overpowered everything else. He was the most uh, important no, part of
1: Christmas. No, um, no, I don't think so. Um, but it was a big part of it. Obviously, as kids, we. So
0: why? I, my question is, why is Santa important?
1: Um, for us in our family, it was just kind of a tradition, and then also, um, I don't know, the magical sort of mystical amazingness of santa coming was just really special and awesome and and so
0: as a kid you like believed that santa was going to get to everybody's ha- you like yes i believe in your that. mind you believed yes. every ounce of that i did so you have a we can kind of hear him talking we can now hear like a two and a half year old you have mm-hmm. a two and a half year old we can hear him talking yeah he's in the living room right now yep, i see him he believes in santa
1: he does but not because i ever it's almost i don't think one thing that i think a lot of people feel is that they have to teach their kid about Santa or um, whatever you call it, Father Christmas. Whatever. It yeah, may like be. my
0: daughter, Cora, was watching a Peppa Pig yeah. episode, and all of a sudden, it's like Father Christmas ho, ho, is coming. Ho. She needs. She's yeah. telling me she Merry needs Christmas. to fix her bed so that when he shows up, she can go say hi to him. I'm totally. Like, Who? I like, don't. Th-
1: I. I. Yeah, Nash loves Santa. Um, but not because we were like, hey, Santa, da 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 He just kind of experienced Christmas in the world and saw these images of Santa and um, started talking about him.
0: And so when you're a kid and you realize that Santa isn't real. Because I didn't grow up believing yeah. in Santa. My yeah, mom yeah, thought yeah. Santa was the devil. Yeah, yeah, yeah Just yeah. an evil mm-hmm. creation from yeah. the Antichrist. When you
1: find out that he's not real. For Do m- you have
0: this thought where you're like, everyone lied to me? No, not years. at all.
1: Not at all. I actually had this thought of, okay, I, I I'm now... The keeper of the secret and I have to protect it like at the time it was for my younger sister or for like my younger cousins like yes, now I get to be part you're of the the, the magic for my younger people I have a vivid memory of tell of my mom telling me well not telling me of me going to my mom and saying hey mom and I remember going separate from my sister in my mom's walking closet <laughs> when she was like putting away laundry and saying hey mom um Thanks for the Christmas gifts because those were from you, right? Like those Oh so you figured it out. I it wasn't figured like it a out. mean bully
0: no, 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 no. named Hank. I just walked was, up to you and no, said, No, I did not have a Hank real. in my life. Okay.
1: Um my I just sort of grew up, grew I grew out of it. I just grew out of it. And I said, um, at the time I had gotten like I think an American girl doll, which was like a huge deal at the time for me to get in, you know, And You knew
0: Santa wasn't that rich? I knew You're like, I no, well, Santa's, I not, mean, Santa's not dropping a hundred bucks on a yeah, doll with eyes that move. Yeah, because those expensive at the time.
1: Well, still are, probably. I don't know how much. But I remember saying to my mom, You didn't get me that doll. Or, or not, you didn't get me. Santa didn't get me that doll. You got me that doll, right, mom? And she said, And, and, and my you mom. You were like 13 or 14. Oh, no, whole, no, no. Whole, whole, <laughs> <laughs> I really? was probably 10, okay. <laughs> 9. Wow. Maybe that's I was still
0: pretty old. <laughs> I was, was joking maybe, about 13. I might have been 8. eight. 10 is pretty old. How old was I? Okay. It was
1: before, I was probably. I want to say I was like eight.
0: So simultaneously, eight
1: is third grade.
0: I don't know. No, I didn't No, I might have so been second grade. Oh yeah, you didn't
1: go to school. Okay, so <laughs> I don't remember. So how old you, was.
0: simultaneously, your parents are telling you stories about Jesus. They're telling totally. you stories about At God. Totally. At the same They're time, every every
1: Christmas, we definitely knew that that Christmas was the the true meaning of Christmas was around the birth of Christ, and uh, that was that was like the obviously so the main did, event. But did you
0: have the thought in your mind? This is what triggers in my mind. Yeah. That if this magical Santa, who uh-huh. I see everywhere and people dress up as at yeah. the mall, yeah. is, isn't is real. And uh-huh. everyone's pretending like he is. That
1: Jesus isn't real. Isn't
0: Jesus... The, I mean, is your, in your nine or, in your yeah, case, 12-year-old no. brain, is your 12-year-old s- brain going, wait a second. So no. the Jesus in the manger, we put that out in front of churches too. Is yeah, everyone just pretending I think like that's, that's a good, what would be I in think my that's mind. a
1: good concern to have. It's odd because I think kids or at least i think for myself i ha- there was a distinction between weirdly the the santa christmas and the jesus christmas i don't know it's weird it's like
0: it was two separate events it that's wasn't, good it, for me it was maybe two separate events my concern, i think i
1: understood my concern very about clearly. moving
0: forward with father christmas mm-hmm. is that at some point i'm going to have to tell my daughter cora which i will yeah that there is a God who yeah. loves her, yeah, yeah, that yeah. That there is a and God that real. cares for her, totally. And like, so my question, I guess, is: yeah. Is Santa like a pre, a pre uh, story of the Jesus narrative or the God narrative? Like
1: a pre story, meaning you tell that before. Meaning,
0: uh, meaning, it, I, I mean, I didn't even tell her the story; it just comes no. to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My fear no. is that then she'll be like, "Hey, Dad, we pray before we go to bed. Is that yeah. pretend too?" Like. Yeah, I, if she's gonna believe me about Father Christmas, if I'm gonna play along, yeah, does she think I'm playing along when it comes to that's God a good point? I d-
1: I mean, for me personally, it just was not that way. But I but um, we didn't have like seriously deep convos about Santa. You know what I mean? We weren't like talking about uh, Santa. Were, didn't influence our our life the rest of the year,
0: but Jesus did. So it wasn't in the same category. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not oh, Santa
0: th- isn't real. That doesn't mean we don't pray at dinner. Yeah. Like, oh or like geez. we
1: didn't really talk about Santa in June, but we talked about Jesus in June. Yeah. So, you know, I think um, it, Santa was just like a seasonal, um, it was very similar to like Halloween. It was just like or a like seasonal out- activity. Yeah. Like anything else. And then um, I do remember that anytime that we did talk about why Santa gives us gifts, uh, my parents did always tie it to um, the nativity, like, well, Santa gives us gifts or <laughs> whatever. Um, we get get we gives gifts from each we give gifts to each other and we get gifts from Santa because we are celebrating and emulating the gift that God gave us in Jesus, and that's oh, you know that's good. So there okay, was like I a kinda, there was like, kinda, like a I parallel. I like the that tie was, in that there. That was that was drawn. I like the tie um, in. But it was so just for my family, just a special magical, um, thing that, that happened. You know, I remember writing letters to Santa, um, and maybe asking for a couple things and then magically, cause I don't think I asked for anything, you know? over the top ever that my family couldn't afford or something magically they'd be under the tree with like a letter back from santa oh santa um, would write
0: you letters so your santa parents would like, write me
1: letters oh it. Yeah. is it in santa. crayon does he
0: have good writing well what was now he like? looking
1: back my mom's handwriting my mom was a teacher and taught and has beautiful handwriting and looking back it's like obviously that was my mom but i just believed it and it's kind of like i just chose to to think wow this is from Santa. I remember asking for an easel, like a chalkboard as easel. Adult, as an adult, who yeah.
0: never believed in Santa, yeah, it's so crazy to me to be like, like, I don't know. My grandfather was a, you know, a science guy. Yeah. So the physics.
1: It's, I mean, it's impossible. Does, it, it, totally. Even
0: as a seven or eight year but old, just, I remember hearing people talk about Santa and being like, yo, that doesn't That doesn't that work. Can't physically he can't go down a chimney. Be possible. Or
1: how does he get in your house? Yeah,
0: he's. that's not going to work. Like, baby. I remember being the seven year old kid who would literally walk up and go, "That you know, that isn't possible. Everybody
1: like, hate. Everybody hated you. Oh, All the, the parents hated you. I didn't have a lot you. of friends. Yeah. So
0: <laughs> when I say I walked up to every kid, those kids were like, who is this weird yeah. child?
1: It's a little. I I, was I just in, believed camouflage. in magic. I was
0: just in camouflage.
1: But at the same time, I mean, yeah, I. It's no different than other things you believe. I mean, except that it's f- very false. <laughs> but you know, just I believe that it was magic. Like I just believe. Do you that believe in magic in. in
0: any way as an adult now?
1: Um, I believe in spiritual things, but I not not the magic like the Christmas Santa magic.
0: Is there anything in your life now that you choose to believe that you know isn't true, isn't real?
1: Um we're like
0: I don't step on cracks. I don't pick up a penny if it's heads down. I don't
1: No, I don't think I mean I don't know. People. I guess I p- there are probably things that I believe that I that are probably untrue that I just don't know are untrue and I just blindly believe them. You know, about like things I should and shouldn't eat or um but I don't think so, no. No, okay. Not that I can think of. It didn't like taint me for life, you know?
0: Yeah, it didn't ruin you. I'm over it. Okay, so you're going to do Santa and you think it's... Oh, we
1: are doing Santa You think f- doing Santa full-blown. for me
0: is a good thing. I mean, I, I feel like I had Santa to acknowledge a great thing. with you. Yeah, you did. Because I feel you like d- I have I will given vouch. you crap I will vouch for, for you. years. You text
1: messaged me and said, I have a confession. I think we might do Santa now.
0: Because she's so pumped about Father Christmas. The look on her face. I love that
1: it's called Father Christmas. The
0: look on her face. It's magical. Was just like... Something had happened or yeah. was happening.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, I think, yeah, they get so pumped. My, k- my kid who's just two, um, sees this blow up Santa at like a tree lot that we're that when we drive by or whatever, and he just, we never, again, we didn't really teach him about Santa. He just knows about him, I guess. And he'll just like, yell like, I love you, Santa. <laughs> like out the, out the door. Well,
0: that's good. Okay. At Santa. Yeah. And we
1: didn't, we didn't teach him that. He just, you know, it's just a deep,
0: it's, it's a in deep his blood. Thing. You yeah. know, you just <laughs> got to believe. And
1: I think it's good. I think the imagination of it is good. And I do think there's like an introspective thing that happens for a kid once they hit seven, eight, where they go, hmm, what do I believe? Is this real? And uh, I'm going to ask some questions <laughs> about this jolly guy that's supposed to come down the chimney. And I think that that's a good practice in life because I think um, – you know, faith without question. I mean, I think that's like a healthy thing for us. Yeah, totally. So. Like the
0: thought that popped in my mind is that you should never baptize a child that still believes in Santa. Oh, I. Th- you know, like you sometimes know, that's, yeah, a, that's, that's a that's a nice debate. Milestone. Like yeah. I was baptized as a Catholic child as an infant. I have no memory yeah, of that. Yeah, and you at didn't all. believe in Santa. But so. then there are other times where people are like, "Oh, we're going to baptize children," and it's like, I don't know. Like you ever been at yeah at your church service and you're like, "Does that kid know what he's what doing? what he's doing?" Totally. So I, wonder, I, I I think that's, that's actually that's, yeah, a, that's, that's a, a, good a good metric. We need to we need to be pimping that across the world. Is like. Hey, you probably shouldn't let a person make that Do you choice. in Santa? Until yes. they've been reflective enough to realize. Next that, year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I,
1: think, I think, yeah. I think it's for us and our family – we will serve the Lord, and we will believe in Santa.
0: <laughs> and you're going to go forward with the Santa. We are. Awesome. Well, Merry Christmas, Beth. Merry Christmas. All the best to you in the seven days until Santa arrives. That is insane. Where did the year so go? And I'm so excited for your little Nash. Too. And
1: thanks for uh, having us here for the, I don't know how many years we've done this. Uh,
0: well, your husband and I have been besties for 10 years. It's insane. So let's say we've spent seven of those Christmases-ish, those Christmas yep. seasons. Yep. Together. Together. So yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. We're keeping the we're keeping it alive. Keeping I'm wearing life. just yeah, for those of you I, who can't. I'm see here it, to
1: report that you're wearing matching t shirts. We're wearing
0: matching family Christmas vacation t shirts with are. the it's got the station wagon on it with the tree with the roots still attached. It's good. It's good. They're delicious shirts. We'll be posting these pictures later. Awesome. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Merry Santa, all those things. Happy and Santa thank you, and
1: thank you God for baby Jesus.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, so that was my conversation with Beth. And isn't she a wonderfully articulate? Person. She's fascinating, and I loved her passion for Santa, and she has stayed some of my fears. Now, for you and me, you may not have kids, or your kids may be already grown, or you may be past that season, but why do we care about Santa? Why is Santa important to us? Santa's important to us for a few reasons, and the way I think he's most important to us is all beginning in 280 AD. There was a guy in the original sort of origin of Santa, named St. Nicholas, and you may have heard that name before. He was a young man born in 280 AD when the Roman Empire was in full swing. In 280 AD, both of his parents were tragically killed just a few years into his life, and he was taken care of by an uncle or grandfather or something like that. But in this time, he inherited a ton of wealth, and what he would do, because he was had grown up Catholic and wanted, knew he wanted to be a bishop, knew he wanted to be a priest, he would take his wealth and he would use it to take care of people who needed to be taken care of. Namely, and the most famous example is, there were three girls who were the daughters of a man who had fallen on hard times. Because those girls didn't have dowries, they weren't going to be married. And because they weren't going to be married and he couldn't take care of them, he was going to let them go into prostitution. So there was no child protective services who would basically come and take these girls away from this man. So that was essentially the future of these girls. When, when a person in 200 or 300 A.D., even later, it fell on hard times, prostitution was the only option. So these three girls were headed f- to basically essentially be sex trafficked. And St. Nicholas, every year of these three girls' lives, would throw a bag of gold into the window... That bag of gold was the dowry for the f- oldest daughter. And she, because she had a dowry, was able to marry well. Then the second time the second daughter, she was ready to be married. He, he, in the middle of the night, threw a bag of gold through an open window. And the second daughter was married because she had a dowry. And then so on with the third. The picture of St. Nicholas was that he was one who, essentially he was the original sex trafficking fighter. He was the original fighter for freedom. He was the original one who bought girls out of prostitution to protect them from that life. Now, he continued to do these amazing things, always focused on kids, always focused on the vulnerable, always focused on taking care of people. This was St. Nicholas's life. He went on later to become the bishop, and the bishop that oversaw what was essentially the Council of Nicaea. Now, what's crazy about the Council of Nicaea, if you have any church history in your background or or spiritual history in your background, what the Council of Nicaea did was essentially establish that Jesus was God's son. It was a gathering of the Catholic priests, a gathering of this leadership, who put together what's called the Nicene Creed. The Nicene Creed is essentially the statement of faith that the Catholic church has held on to even to this day, where if you went to a Catholic church, or you went to a church where there was any liturgical movements whatsoever, they will read the Nicene Creed. St. Nicholas, Santa Claus was the guy who oversaw that council, who kept all of that together, who held that whole thing in place and drove it towards that fighting that there would be no one who would bring heresy into this space, who would keep that straight and keep that collected. So it is actually Santa Claus who doesn't replace Jesus for Christmas. It's Santa Claus, it's Saint Nicholas, who is actually the guy who ensured that the message of Jesus would stay connected to the church and its theology and doctrine into perpetuity. So if anyone ever pushes back and says, you know what, Santa is really against Christmas, you can look at them and you can say, actually, we can thank Santa for Christmas. And we can thank Santa for the fact that Jesus is still held onto in the doctrine and the theology of most churches on the planet Earth because he oversaw the council of Nicaea. Now, how does a guy like St. Nicholas, how does this priest turn into Santa Claus? Well, that actually happened in New York City. So if you're a New Yorker, or if you know a New Yorker, you can tip your hat to the New Yorkers, because in about 1806 to 1840, the legend of the fat jolly man with the white beard emerged. This emerged because people wanted a something to be thought of or something to be connected to that was really, really rooted in The commercialism really, really looted in the way to celebrate. It was a time and place where they were establishing traditions as a country. Remember, America is only a few decades old. So as America is being established, as New York City is being established, they started writing papers and poems about the visit of St. Nicholas to the city. See, between 1806 and 1840, that's where the St. Nicholas tradition emerged. A 1,000 years, 1,500 years of St. Nicholas's feast celebrated right around December 6th or December 9th was celebrated and then they took that feast and it became St. Nicholas's feast and then they took Christmas and they took the story of St. Nicholas and they took the Christmas celebration and blended the two together to get the picture of the fat, jolly, bearded man that we have today. He was in paintings and poems And that's how that launched. So we can thank New York for this. But globally, there were many other narratives and many other stories. The Russians had a woman named the Babushka. And this Babushka was in trouble because she had given the wise men the wrong directions, which is why it took them three years to get to Jesus. The belief was that this woman was a Babushka. And what would happen is, the Russian kids would set gifts down at the base of their bed, hoping that someone who would take the gifts would be Jesus and the babushka would be forgiven. The Italians had la bifana, which was this woman who would sneak down the chimney and she would give gifts to the lucky children. In Britain, they, would, they had a story that there was a man named Father Christmas who would come and bring presents. It was only later that that Father Christmas started to look like the Santa Claus that emerged in New York City in the early 1800s. The French had the Pierre Noel who was a little elf who would sneak into your home and fill your shoes with presents and gifts. And the Germans and the Swiss, they had this story or this narrative of Kris Kringle who was this Christ child, this Christ-like figure coming and giving presents to children. All of them are sub-narratives of the message that there was going to be a gift in this season, a gift freely given, a gift delivered straight to your home, a gift that comes to you as a surprise and in the night. See, all of these were a sub-narrative to the message that Jesus had come to the planet and that Jesus was a gift freely given, that Jesus was a gift that came as a surprise and as a shock, and Jesus came in the night, Jesus arrived to the planet. It was all connected to that. So when Santa is a conversation in your world or my world, we have so much to be grateful for in the story of Santa Claus, so much to be grateful for in the narrative that began, which is Saint Nicholas, an extraordinary man who lived to protect and take care of children who lived to protect and take care of a message of Jesus for the church and for the world. A guy who lived to take care of others and his story lives on today. Sure, it's been morphed and it's been taken as cartooned and it's been built around with the North Pole and Mrs. Claus and all these things, but the picture of it is still the same. The subtext of the fact that you and I, the best gifts we receive are the ones that are unexpected the ones that are freely given, the ones that come to us when we are least expecting them. Because for me, what Santa Claus brings and what Christmas is a time for is Christmas is a time for unexpected gifts. So what do we do with all this? On a practical level, is it just a good to know, like thanks, now I know a lot about Santa, or now I know that Hank is okay having Santa in his home? No, for me, what Christmas is and what Santa Claus represents is he represents unexpected and freely given gifts. This Christmas season is an opportunity for us to think through what are the unexpected gifts that I can give to people who least deserve them and who need a gift that is freely given. Christmas is a chance to give good cheer, to give good charity, to give financial gifts, to give word gifts, to give verbal gifts to people who need to hear them to give unexpected gift. My goal around Christmas time is to hear these words. You didn't have to do that. Because Christmas is an opportunity and it's a window for us to be our own little personal St. Nicholas's. The people who give gifts that are surprising. The people who give gifts that are wonderful. The people who give gifts that put people off and they go, you didn't have to do that. I have so many people like this in my life. There's a guy named Joshua who... Right now is doing this in my life where I keep, I keep looking him in the face and saying, you didn't have to do that. He is, I, I'm one of those people who's been collecting Mac, Macintosh computers ever since I've been buying them because I hate to empty them and try to sell them on Craigslist and go through all the work. So I have like nine computers in my house and Joshua is systematically coming over when I'm not around, pulling all the data off them, posting them on eBay and Craigslist and selling them for me and then giving me cash. He didn't have to do that. I keep looking at him going, this would take me years. While everything is losing value, he just comes through and just goes, no, nah, I'm, just, I'm just doing this because I care about you as a human being. He's my St. He's my Nicholas. He's my Santa Claus. I have another friend who called me the other day, and I'm doing a live talk, which I guess I should have told you about in the beginning of this podcast. I'm doing a live talk on January 4th, downtown Los Angeles. And I sent out an email to friends and family, and this guy called me, and he just said, I just want to tell you, this is the beginning of something amazing for you, and I'm so excited for you. He's a busy guy with a lot of demands on his life. He did not have to pick up the phone to call me to tell me (laughs) that this is exciting and that he's excited for me. He didn't have to do that. He's my verbal Saint Nicholas. See, with my wife and I, what we're trying to figure out is not who are we supposed to get gifts for, who's the expected list to get gifts for. No, but if you take on the spirit of St. Nicholas, take on the origin of a Santa Claus or the origin of what this festival of Christmas was meant to be, it means that you and I, we put great thought into this. Who can we give gifts to that will be unexpected, will be freely given? Are there people in your life who won't receive gifts? Are there people in your life who won't have enough to give their children gifts? Are there people in your life you can expand and pull yourself to? What it requires for me is it requires me to, to know that I'm not going to think of the people who most need gifts from me. They're not gonna come to your mind. They're not gonna cross your mind. The people you're gonna give gifts to that you're gonna make a list for are people who you're expected to get gifts for. But this Christmas is a chance to go, what unexpected person could I give gifts to? Who could I give gifts to that would never expect it? It's sort of like the conversation between Uncle Eddie and Clark Griswold that goes a lot like this. Ellen and I want to help you give the kids a nice Christmas. Clark, I couldn't do that. <laughs> no, no, we, we insist. Oh, no, I'm not one for charity now. Oh, I know that, Eddie. This isn't charity, it's family.
1: I do Now, come on, if you don't
0: tell me what they want, I'll go out and get it on my own. Oh, boy. <laughs> this is a surprise, Clark. It's <laughs> just a real nice surprise. Just a real nice surprise. <laughs> Here's a little list. Alphabetical, starting with Catherine. And if it wouldn't be too much, I'd like to get something for you, Clark. Something really nice. So maybe it's not an Uncle Eddie or a strange person in your life, but are there people in your life that God has placed there that you can deliver unexpected and wonderful gifts to to bring this Christmas to life for them? Merry Christmas. Happy St. Nicholas's Day. And I hope your Santa is as exciting as ours.